0: Welcome back to Thoughtlines on Radio Sputnik. My name is Jamal Thomas. I'm joined by my co-host, Shane Stranahan, coming to you live out of our station in Washington, DC. Joining us is Theodros Thicre, co-founder and former editor of the guionjournal.com. Theodros, welcome back to the show, man. How's it going? Good morning, uh, Jamal and uh, Shane. How's everything on your end? So far, so good. We're trying to keep safe, um, bunker down, but can't complain. So,
1: yeah, these days it's getting harder and harder to do that. <laughs>
0: it is right. It is harder to bunker down.
1: Um, what did you think of the rain
0: on the Capitol the other day? I mean, you're you know you pay a bit of attention to politics, sure, um, sure. and like I said before, I've always enjoyed your articles, especially the the. You, you've had you've always had a introspection um, mm-hmm. that was honest in regards to your understanding of self or your um, exploration of self that I've always appreciated. And I don't, you know, you don't always see that. You always see, sometimes you see posturing and this other stuff. And I thought you always tried to be honest regardless of where the opinion went. So how do you view basically um, a large number of white men raiding the Capitol and being allowed to do so by some of the police and some of the military that apparently were there that basically allowed it to take place. And now there's this kind of backlash from all of it? How do you
1: process all of this? uh, A lot to to unpack there. So first and foremost, uh, I always wanted to depend on my own eyes uh, and my own ears to form an opinion or to to form a thought on things. So I I made it a point to go down to the Washington Monument on uh, the the day before, or Tuesday, uh, January the 5th, and the day of, on Wednesday, January the 6th, to kind of just uh, be amongst the masses and, um, you know, I was, one would think that if you go down to that crowd, you would see a bunch of, uh, lynching, uh, uh symbolism, uh, a bunch of, uh, uh you know, uh, racists that were just ready to pounce on anyone of my complexion. And the truth could not be anything, uh, more opposite than that. Uh, everyone that I met, everyone that I met was actually very friendly. And I wrote about this, uh, an article, Uh, the following day called uh, the Rebels in D.C. Um, And most of them were God-fearing. Most of them were were completely friendly and welcoming. Uh, This is not what you would get if you watch this uh, on on CNN or MSNBC. Uh, Not once did I encounter anyone that had a hint of racism about them. And I interviewed actually over, I think, about six or seven people a uh, couple that were, uh, I broadcasted live at, at the Guillaume Journal page. So there's the propaganda of CNN and MSNBC and the reality of, uh, of what actually took place. So now, with respect to you know them storming the, the U.S. Capitol uh, and be, being called a mob and insurrectionist, what a bunch of baloney. First and foremost, the, the U.S. Capitol is supposed to be <clears throat> the people's house, right? So when people go in there and demand an audience with their representatives and their Senate, uh, senators, that's not an invasion. That's people reclaiming that which they paid for with their tax dollars.
2: Now, nobody I don't, says, I, I don't,
1: is- I don't buy that.
2: I, don't, I, I okay. don't buy this and I, I, I wanna I want respond and I wanna, of course, give sure. you a chance to respond. But sure. if, if, for, for one thing, they weren't just showing up demanding an audience. People were there, some of them to lynch the vice president and members of Congress it seems okay. like death was on their minds as far as I can tell. Like Jamarla said, people were showing up with zip ties and other implements to bind sure. people. That's
0: and not, that's, that's. And pipe bombs. Okay. Yes. So, yeah, and,
2: and so. some explosives too. So so I'm not saying okay. that the entire crowd are like domestic terrorists. I, I I would call them a mob though. And I would call them insurrectionaries. I, I don't know how, how sure. you can get around that. And many of the well, folks who were there, we're not just talking about, you know, seeking an audience with members of Congress. They're talking about, a revolution. I mean, you can see plenty of footage of people talking about this.
1: When, so it's when not, did a revolution know... become a bad thing? Like it's, it's our constitutional right, right as Americans. Thomas Jefferson, not well, in the Declaration of Independence. When in the course of human history, when their government ceases to be, uh, uh, you know, governed, uh, governed, or uh, ceases to govern through consent, and they they instead govern through uh, duplicity. And and they they start working against our uh, active collective interest. Now we as Americans have a right to uh, to 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 rebel. A revol- we are a country that was born through the womb of a revolution. That's uh, true. Corruption. Do you think
2: that most? But we do, but have do a right you think, to think rebel.
1: that most people? At, but, uh, I was just going to say yes, a right
0: to rebel. But what was taking place was based on this premise that Donald Trump was being cheated out of an election that Donald Trump basically right. lost. And right, these right. guys were there, they weren't there with this idea of, hey, we're gonna, you know, fight for the people's healthcare. We're gonna fight right. for people's education. That, was not, that wasn't on the, uh, the agenda. The agenda well, was, I, we
1: we're going to stop Congress from certifying the election results. That's right. what they were there for. Well, I, I don't agree with that premise. I mean, there, there's a bunch of useful idiots, <laughs> so. It, how can I, you not agree with it? Donald Trump
0: and the people who were well, there were yeah, literally I, there I, I, with the idea that they were being cheated. And that no. these, that was the majority thinking, opinion. That
1: was the entire point no, of the protest. I, no, what I'm saying is I don't agree with that line of thinking of theirs. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm when I say useful idiots, I'm saying that there was a bunch of useful idiots of Trump that that went, went there under this premise that uh, Donald Trump was cheated. And they think that Donald Trump is the next great savior. And so that's, you know, that's, that, look, idiocy is bipartisan uh so uh, i you know people that did that they they are the sheep that they are but just because i, I don't agree with their premise does not mean i don't i, I discount their actions and 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 entirety i still agree with what they did I, I i wish we did that i wish we actually i know the, the 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 analogy is oh my god had black folks done this we've been shot and most likely that's true but maybe if we would to join the forces and, and, and said, oh, you know what, I don't care what your cause is. I'm, I'm, I, I care what the underlying reason why you're doing this. And then if the underlying reason is that you are rebelling against authority, then I'm with you. You know what I'm saying? Put aside our, our color differences. Put aside our political differences. If you are rebelling against that ent- a government entity that is actively working against my interests, then I'm with you. So again, uh, this this idea. I would, of, uh, I'll put it
2: like this: I wouldn't want to live in a in a revolutionary government imposed by the crowd that was marching on Congress. I wouldn't want to live in a revolutionary go- government under any minority fringe political group that I see in the United States at this point. Some of them I agree with deeply on on you know certain issues, but some of them have some crazy stuff to say, frankly. And sure. the ones that I do agree with pretty much completely aren't nearly powerful enough to take control of that kind of thing. And then, I mean, that's, that's right up the, uh, one of the main issues. Another thing is, it just seems so damn impractical. And th- there are mm. deeper problems with revolutions as a whole with what they bring on the other side of them, how revolutions seem to bring an increased right. centralization of power, and how I'm worried right. that any revolutionary government the day after the revolution, the week after, the year, the decade, et cetera, all that that's going to lead to is a more bloody and despotic <laughs> regime on the other side. But then there's the fact right. that, again, even, even, even if it doesn't, somehow magically, I don't, the vast majority of people, myself included, would not want to live any revolutionary government imposed by the folks that marched on Congress. So when you say, you know, we have a right to revolution, I, I mean, eh, in some senses, yes, completely, but what does that mean? Does that just mean that, that any, any minority with the will and power to exert its control over the levers of government has a right to impose that on everybody who lives in this country because if we do that does not match with my understanding of either what i want or what the founders wanted or what fr- frankly most sane human beings seem to want either
1: just just for the record i'm not uh, i don't believe in revolutions either i came to america in 19, uh, 1983 as a consequence of Ethiopia undergoing a revolution that deposed Haile Selassie and, and, and then led to the death of over 500,000 Ethiopians. So for the record, I'm, I'm anti-revolutionary in that way. I believe in evolutions, not revolutions. But I will say this, though. Uh, you, should you not be more pissed off that the, minor, the, the barest of minority, the, the slimmest of minorities, which are billionaires and their lobbyists in D.C., are the ones that are actually determining our lives uh, who are you pissed off at more uh these, these i'm a hundred percent more uh, pissed
2: off just just to respond i'm a hundred percent more pissed off at the elites and we, we, that's pretty much okay. what we talk about every day i mean we, we've covered so, this issue for the last less than a week because of course it's been happening i condemn it but we reserve the vast majority i i can speak for myself i'm pretty sure Jamal is included in this too though we, we, i i the vast majority of my animosity I levy against the elites who hold the real power, but I would argue that Trump is one of those elites and that he was sp- spurring his supporters to violence that in the end is just going to get them arrested, that got them killed, and for no good
1: end. I agree with you completely. Like I said, Trump is just another uh, serpent. I call them all public serpents. He is an insider through and through. He's a, a, a grifter that saw an opportunity, and he's no different than Obama. He's, the, he's just a, a, a complete... A different shade uh, and a different complexion of Obama uh, whereas Obama is articulate and and emotionless Trump is knows how to uh, get on people's uh, uh, people's you know connects on a visual level and he's he's a, a I don't even know he, he's a, an oath that does has zero almost zero command of the English language but that doesn't mean that he's not he's not he's the same thing as Obama uh, he's Is yes, we can, and and reverse. And so MAGA is no different than, yes, we can. Both political slogans meant to distract the people and divide us. Um, So, yeah, I I go back to to why are we not more pissed off that our Congress has been overtaken by the 1%? And why are we upset when the proletariat rise up? Whether or not you agree with their politics is inconsequential. We should be... uh, (laughs) Theodos, I think what you're trying to say, and I think the difference,
0: or the, if I could mind the gap for a moment, has to do with why they did it. If the reason was different, we'd be with you. I think the issue that we have is that their reasoning was utterly unhinged. Because ultimately, what's, like, what's on the other end of that? Say they were successful. What's on the other end of that? The entire point that they were there were to overturn the election for Trump. And Trump Pressuring Pence to basically do what Pence did not necessarily want to do and didn't even believe he had the power to do, they were trying to overturn the results of the election. So that's the that's the thing that we're horrified by because it's like what comes in on what's what happens on day two of a revolution that starts like that. But I think if the reason was different, we'd be with you. Meaning, if that mob was let's say multiracial, and if that mob were there saying 400,000 people have died. This demands an audience. If they were there arguing that 20 million people have been affected by this illness, all of these businesses, 40%, um, have been shut down as a result of government action, basically shutting the businesses down without giving compensation. There's reasons. So the issue is it oddly enough, and I think that's the weird, maddening thing about this. It's not so much that I don't get why people would be upset, why people would be angry. There are a list of reasons that those people would be there in order to scream and shake their fists at the congressman. But the one reason that wasn't on that is that Donald Trump won, and that was the one reason they were there. And I think that's the issue that we have. That's the that's the difference. It's like I get the anger, but I get the anger for a litany of other issues as opposed to the one reason that they were there. Does that make sense? Like and is that the difference? Where is the context? If the context changed, then our opinion on this might be in agreement with yours. But the context is what it is that we're doing this for Trump. Does that make sense? Like, is that is that a way to mind the gap between the differences and the way I think we're talking about this? By the way? Well, let's do this. Let's take a break, because we're we the the, the, the uh, forty-five minute spot. So let's bring you back. Um, Shane can bring you back, but I do want to give you a chance to, to respond because we've been having to go at you for a bit so the voice that you guys have been hearing is Theodos Theodos Ficre, co-founder and former editor of the Guillain you can follow Theodos Ficre on Twitter at Theodros Ficre and find finest column on the Gion Journal, Journal you guys are listening to Fault Lines with Thomas and Stranahan, we'll be back in a moment
2: and we're back. You're listening to Fault Lines with Thomas and Stranahan, and we are joined by Teodros Fikre. He is the co-founder and former editor of GuionJournal.com. You can follow Teadros on Twitter, also at Teadros Fikre, and, of course, you should find his column, The Guion Journal. Uh, Teodros, thank you for joining us. I wanted to con- continue this conversation. I'll put it like this. Jamar, you're saying I would agree with you. I, I Broadly, I'm opposed to uh, pretty much any violent revolution I've seen, and here's why. Uh invariably, what almost always seems to happen is that they are used to justify the increase of power by the state on the other side of the revolution. And I don't, I don't see how there would be an exception to that in the United States, even if there's a rosy period of a couple of years, and I don't want to get into a long, drawn-out thing, So of course we'll have time for that in this conversation, but um, even if there's a, a period of a couple of years where things seem like they're going okay despite people getting killed or people, you know, uh, just the system as a whole being radically shaken up, On the other side of that it seems like what always what always happens is the state grows more powerful and that power is then captured and used by various new elites to oppress the vast majority of individuals within the country on the then the question is what's the alternative you know peaceful reform sure that can sometimes do the trick i think broadly focusing on like creating new underlying technological and economic shifts that lead to new prevailing orders uh changes things much more radically at a much deeper level it's admittedly harder too but I wish that there were more people operating in that, in that space from that, from that mindset. If there were, hopefully, we'd see some progress. But that's – I just wanted to get that in there because –
0: oh, my bad. You were saying well, – you know, when we no, talked no, no, about you it before, you agreed that you said if everything took place with the exception of or with the difference being um, the reasoning, meaning healthcare, that you would have been more on board for something like that. Meaning, okay, that's fair. I, I that said... may be a difference. You're saying it's just, not necessarily that it would end up being better. So that's fair
2: yes that's that's exactly what i was saying that's That's exactly what i was saying i was saying that they would they would have been more justified and that i think that they would have even been justified if your family members dying and you see congress giving you a pittance giving you effectively nothing while keeping you from getting a job if they're putting you into a a, a state of a, a state of almost permanent economic despair then yeah i think you've got a lot more justification for that than than you think that your team got cheated um which admittedly you know if you think that that's still a crime but i don't think that i don't think there's nearly as much evidence for it and i don't think that there's it's a it's a crime on the same order and it's nearly as personal anyway that's just that's you were right in your characterization yeah. teddy
1: no,
0: tomorrow was saying I a bunch of stuff i did not want to mischaracterize but i understand the difference uh, basically one is just the other one is poor outcome and i think he even said that you don't necessarily like the outcomes of this stuff cuz those things usually get bad basically
2: yeah, and it's not just the deaths; it's what comes on the other side of the deaths. The deaths are bad yeah. enough, and then there's the, and then there's again, you yeah. know, I've already made this case a couple times. Though Teddy, Teddy, uh, if if the cause were different, coming mm. back to Jamal's point, if they were, if they were, you know, attempting this, if they were trying to do this. Uh, but they had other reasons for doing it. It wasn't just about claiming Trump's victory, claiming that you know the election was stolen from him. But uh, you know, like Jamara was saying, if they were protesting against the conditions created by the pandemic and the government's response to it, and the fact that the government still had not provided them with um, either economic security or you know healthcare, Medicare for all, that kind of thing, would you see this differently? How do you, how do you see it now, and and how would that change it? How would that affect your view of it, Teddy?
1: So just for the record, uh, like I said, I was there that day. Uh, the people that I talked to, uh, you know, this is not a scientific poll, obviously. Uh, just the, the 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 sample size was definitely not big enough for me to to arrive at a conclusive, uh, uh, you know, a, a statement one way or the other. But the folks that I did talk to were not just there just because they were pissed off that Trump got cheated, right? They were there. A lot of them were anti-war. A lot of them were were anti uh, this 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 push to get everyone vaccinated. In fact, that's why I was there. I was, I was handing out cards telling folks, you know, before you do anything, uh, be informed. And, and, and here's an interview that I did with two doctors. And that this whole idea of injecting your body with messenger RNA, a science that is not scientific at all, be careful about that. And everyone that I was giving those cards out to, by the way, were very much on board with that line of thinking. So a lot of the people that, that were there were also there against this, this, this rush to vaccinate. Uh, a lot of people were were against the idea of big government and and, and how, even with this surrounding of stimulus, how the vast majority of of the wealth was doled out to corporate entities and were getting pittances. So it, they were not single issue protesters. A lot of them were poor. And, and actually I was surprisingly to, I was surprised to find about 20 to thirty percent were actually African Americans. So uh, they were not single-issue, and they were not uh, unitary in terms of complexion either. Um, But uh, to your point, Shane, uh, going back to what I also uh, iterated earlier, I do not believe in revolutions. Revolutions always return back to the tyranny that gave birth to them. Uh, That was the case also in 1776. America was founded. Under this idea of a revolution that was supposed to be for the people, and really, if those who actually know that this, the history of America's Revolutionary War, it was not even about uh, unfair taxes. Uh, in fact, the, the founders of this country, who were a bunch a bunch of bootleggers, uh, got pissed off when King George lifted the the Sugar Act and the Stamp Act, and and that took away mainly the Sugar Act because that took away from their profit margin of the alcohol they were selling on the black market. So. You know, I'm not, uh, I'm hip to what, with this, with this whole idea of, of painting the Revolutionary War as some type of, uh, 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 you know, uh, rising up of the people that were oppressed. That's a lie. There was a, the aristocracy versus the King of uh, King George, and nothing nothing has fundamentally changed in America as a result of that. In fact, another revolution was almost in the offing, not less than uh, 10, 15 years later in America, the Shays, Shays Revolution or Shays Rebellion and the Whiskey Rebellion. And they got snuffed out by George Washington, another King George. So this is, it is what it is in America. But like I said, I go back to the uh, to the idea that if people are saying I've had enough, I don't care. I'm like Fred Hampton in that way. Fred Hampton in the 1960s sat down with the, the I think they were called the Proud Boys even then. And he sat down under a Confederate flag and said, I don't care what your skin color is. I don't care what your political ideology is. I care that... Poor white people and poor black people are being oppressed, and I'm here to uh, in solidarity in that in that in that way. That's what I'm about as well. So I don't care if some some hick in Alabama is pissed off at government and is saying that he wants a fair shake. I don't care. I don't even care to be honest with you. Who who's the biggest supremacist in America? Is this some marginalized fringe white person in Alabama, or the the people that govern us without our consent? Yeah, people really need to reassess and refocus on who the actual cancer is it is not some marginalized uh you know white guy in tennessee it's not they're not coming for us you want to be uh, you want to know who's coming for us it's um as the ones that have the the monopoly of force and they could deploy the military at their whim they could tax us to death and they could take away our livelihoods anytime they want to through fiscal monetary uh policies so focus on that and focus less on these bogey men that are being created to distract us from the truth. Uh, look, I agree with you,
0: Theodos. I, I've said on more than one occasion that the the white guy that hates my guts, him and I have probably more in common from the standpoint of an economic standpoint than anything else, um, especially from the standpoint of the elites or pretty much anybody that's in the congressional or politics. So that part I agree with you on, and it would be great if people recognize that. Like, You know, it was like the day that the Proud Boys were marching and fighting on D.C., 4,000 people died. And you try to, it's like, wait, 4,000 people died from this virus? More people than died from 9-11 on that particular day? And this has been taking place like every day, and these guys are fighting each other on the streets of D.C.? Why? Not for that. So it is Mm -hmm. weird and bizarre. And there is this kind of association with people that for whatever particular reason, they find other things to matter more than the commonalities of us as people. How do we get over it? I mean, at the end of the day, I I do think there is, with that commonality, why isn't that commonality more seen? Why isn't it more understood? Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you really think this is just division that is being stoked? um, Yes. From the standpoint of media and everything else that keeps people divided? How do you view this? And how
1: do we, let's say, mind the gap? How do we overcome it? So first and foremost, there's nothing more powerful in the history of humanity, and you know this. Both of you are in the same industry as media. You know, uh, Napoleon bon- Bonaparte said, "I fear uh, three. I think it was three or four uh, newspapers more than ten thousand bayonets for a reason." For intent, well, yeah, Napoleon I love was- that.
0: And Lenin made a similar statement too. Made the point yeah. that the media is basically a weapon or military. We can't allow the bourgeois to keep their hands on it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and there's a reason for that, and there's a reason why uh, Twitter is, is, has reverted into the censorship of Facebook, and Facebook has reverted to the censorship of the, the, the German uh, Stasi, you know, uh, is because they, the minute that information actually is, 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 has the potential of being controlled and narratives can no longer uh, dominate our lives, then things change. So that's what this is about, about. and this is why media has been weaponized to such an extent, right, to the point where, uh, you know, America has been completely divided based on on endless identities that are completely manufactured, completely manufactured. I mean, race is is a caste system that was created by racists and slave traders, and yet here we are calling ourselves colors that don't even identify the true nature of who we are. Uh, so and and look how many endless lists of of identities are being constructed every year. Uh, there's more identities than there are people almost these days. So why is that? Because the media loves to 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 create these divisions as for as one as a business plan, because that's how you create demographics uh, to cater to a demographic and by by vilifying the others. And the other is because they're serving the, the interest of, of the corporate state. Uh, and the interests of the corporate state demand that we stay divided as a people. They divide us, we conquer ourselves. So if we wanna if we if we really wanna know, hey, how do we overcome this, it starts within each one of us understand that that person that you're hating an abstraction is a human being just like you, is a father just like you, a mother just like you, has a child just like you, and they struggle to feed and provide for their families. If you understand, um, you know, I, I interviewed Marcia, uh, that that that, you. I, I love that point.
0: They're still human beings regardless of what you think about them, and that in and of itself should allow a certain ability to understand where they're coming from. I appreciate that. The voice that you guys have been listening to is Theodrome Speak Bray co-founder and former editor of the dot you can follow theodos figre on Twitter at theodos figre and find his column at the Geon journal you guys are listening to fault lines with Thomas Stranahan. we will not